Good evening, everybody. Hey, the sound works. I like that. It's time to begin our service this evening. We don't have very many songs out there, so this has shifted from a third Sunday scene to a normal service um, with just me doing what was listed. And I quite honestly didn't have the time to hurry up and jot it down, so I'm going to try to remember what everything was. But I've got it in the slides, and if you see me turn around, that's why, because I don't know what's coming up next. Our first song this evening, afternoon, be number 523, Our God, He is Alive. We'll have three songs, and then John will have our prayer and reading. Is there a reading? Oh, John. I'm going to say there's a reading. Is there a reading? Okay. And a reading. Uh, and one more song, and then David will have our lesson this afternoon. First song is number 523. If you would, let's stand for this song, please. There is beyond the edge of blue a God concealed from human sight. He tends its track with every hue and brings the world with his great might. There is a God, he is alive, alive. in
Our next song is number 621. 621, 10,000 angels. This will be the first and last verse only. After this, John will have our reading and prayer. Let's pray at this time. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us, and Father, for these songs that we sing tonight, and Father, for the, the understanding that we get from those songs is that he could have called 10,000 angels, Father, but he followed your will. He died on the cross for our sins. He saved us, Father, and we pray your blessings upon us as Christians that we will live a life that... We'll receive that crown someday. Father, we thank you for the lessons that we've heard and the lesson this morning. Father, for those things that we need to be made aware of and, and the, the, the things that in the old days, uh, in the Old Testament, where the prophets prophesied about the immorality and the things that are against your will, and they, people either heard, accepted it, or they didn't. And many times they didn't accept it. Many times they did. 
And many times, Father, we, we know that we need to repent of many things that we do and many things especially we need to be able to speak about those things and, and find in your word what you'd have us to do and how you'd have us to live. Father, it is hard to live in this world to, to understand the, why things are allowed, why things are accepted that weren't many years ago. Uh, things that we know that are questionable, things that we know that are questionable in your word. And Father, we just pray that you will bless us uh, to always study your word, to get the true meaning out of it as best we can, to learn from the examples of the Old Testament, of the New Testament, realizing that there really is nothing new under the sun. It's just phrased different. It's just different way of looking at things that it's usually different from your way. And, Father, we just pray that you will help us to look at things your way. We pray that the world will start looking at things your way, that the United States will start looking at things your way. We realize you were very patient with those of Old Testament time and, and even New Testament time. And the fact that you put up with us this long, Father, in the, in the type of sinful world that we live and the, the sins that we all are a part of, and, and you said in your own word, our minds are on evil continually. And they can be. And we just thank you that you put up with us, that you've given us your son to save us from those problems. Father, we do pray that you'll bless us to be a light to the world and, and be able to, to communicate with each other and with those around us uh, to save as many as we can. Father, at this time, we also pray for many that are sick, many that are hurting, many that are facing strokes or or cancer or, or the conditions that they have. And Father, we just ask your blessings upon each one. And there's so many of our congregation that's facing problems, and we just pray that you'll bless them. And Father, at this time with Rusty and the seriousness of the situation he's in at this point, that you will bless them, him in particular, his family as well. And, and we all understand, we all love our brothers and sisters in Christ, and everyone's important. And one's no more important than the other, but we do pray when it's a critical situation, we just pray that you'll bless them in, in the way that you have, that you, the way that you see fit. Father, we just pray that you'll continue to be with our service tonight, be with those who might be traveling to spare time tonight, to keep them safe, help them to come back safely. Father, be with Dave as he presents a lesson to us, continue to be with Sai. Just continue to be with each one of us, Father, individually as we try to live our lives for you. And as, as we can, if we can influence others, Father, for we just pray that you'll bless us to be able to do that. Forgive us, Father, of our sins and help us all. Help us to be a united congregation. Help us to, to love one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. James chapter 2, verse 18. James chapter 2, verse 18. <clears throat> Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Our next song is number 836. 836, The Great Redeemer. If you would, let's stand for this song, please.
Be number 717. 717, Victory in Jesus. David. Good evening, church family. Hope everybody's doing all right today. The question I have this evening is as a teenager, what did you desire to be the most? As a teenager, what did you desire to be the most? <laughs> Maybe career-wise. Um, and uh, sports-wise. Maybe relationship-wise. But uh, how have things changed since then? <laughs> Did you grow up to do what you thought you were going to do as a career? Did you grow up to play professional sports? Did you marry the person you thought you were going to marry? I mean, a lot's changed since from your teenage years to adulthood. And sometimes change can be hard. If you will open your Bibles to Second Peter chapter one, open your Bibles to Second Peter chapter one, starting verse three. Second Peter chapter one, starting verse three, and it reads, "His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him." who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them who may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that in this world becomes sinful desire. Now, what is everything you need in life? What is everything you need in life? You see, the power that you see, the power to grow doesn't come from within us. The power of life comes from God. We don't have the resources to be truly godly. God allows us to participate in a divine nature. He allows us to do this in order to keep us from sin. To help us live in a Christian manner. To live as he lived. You see, when we are reborn again through baptism, we all allow God and his spirit to empower us with his own moral goodness. But when it comes down to faith, 
Why must we add to our faith? Look at verse 5. It says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge. In order for us to add to our faith, we must have virtue. With moral excellence, with good qualities. Well, how do you do that? Well, Peter here tells us on how we do that. Look at verse 6 through 7. He lists seven qualities that we are supposed to desire here. And it reads In a knowledge with self control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. How does each fit the one before it? You see, our faith must be more Our faith must be more than just a belief in certain facts. It must result in action. It must result in action. It must result in action for us in order to grow in Christian character. And to practice moral discipline. Peter here, he tells us that we have to have seven things in order for us to grow in our faith. We must have to have virtue, knowledge, patience, brotherly kindness, love, godliness, and self-control. And you cannot grow unless you have and show these seven things to each other. To each other. Don't keep it to yourself. We must show it to each other. Verse 8 through 9. If these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to what he says here. This is harsh. For whoever lacks these qualities... Who doesn't have these seven qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. What Peter is saying here is that learning to know God better is developing one's perseverance on doing God's will, on loving others. These are actions. These are actions that you must take. And these actions don't come automatically to us. It takes hard work on our part. We don't have to roll up our sleeves and get our fingernails dirty. They are not optional. It must be part of our daily Christian walk with him. 
It must be on how we live our life. Yes, it is going to be hard work. Yes, it is going to be life-changing. Yes, there will be an attitude change. But it is so worth it. You can't finish one and start the other. You must work on them both at the same time. Work on them all together. And God gives us the strength to do that. But he also gives us the responsibility to grow. Our faith should should go beyond what we believe. It must become dynamic and part of everything we do in our lives, resulting in good fruits and spiritual maturity. I know our salvation does not depend on good deeds. But it does result in good deeds. If, if, a person claims, if a person claims to be saved and that person is unwilling to change, that person does not understand faith and what God has done for them. Verse 10, the last verse I'll read before I close. It says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. What Peter's trying to do here, he's trying to arouse the complacent believer. That person who believes, that listens to false teachers, who believes that what the false teachers say without studying God's word, and that they believe that salvation is not is based off of not good, not doing good things, that you could sit there and live your life the way you want to, that you don't have to change. But if you truly If you truly belong to God, your hard work will prove it. If you're not working to develop these seven qualities we mentioned in verse 5 through 7, maybe you don't belong to him. But if you are the Lord's, and your hard work backs up your claim that you are chosen by God, calling an election, you will never be led astray or lured by sin or false teachers. We are to grow from these seven qualities. We are to help each other grow. Not do it by ourselves, but to help each other. Second Peter emphasizes God's empowerment of his people. God requires us and gives us everything we need to do that he calls us to do. Let me give you another example. 
in Matthew 13, 31 through 32, Jesus kind of puts it this way. The process works like a seed. And when that seed is planted, although it's entirely present, it's still very small. But as it grows, it becomes large and helpful. You see, seeds are not complete. But they are undeveloped. It's the same way God has planted within us as well as in everything we need. But these resources require growth. And they require growth in order for them to be visible to others. We must try our best to be good to one another. To encourage one another. To have faith in our God. To increase our faith in God. Now I know I'm probably not the only one here who prays for faith. To help me with my faith. But it takes work from me. God's just not going to help me automatically strike me down with lightning and help me with my faith. It's going to take work on my part. Just like it's going to take work on your part. I challenge you to work on these seven qualities in your own personal life. Build a better relationship with our Lord and Savior. He loves you. He wants you to build that relationship with him and to bring others to him. Now, maybe this evening you've struggled. You've struggled in your life where you feel like that no one else understands. Maybe you struggled in depression. Maybe you struggled in the holiday seasons while they're so hard. Maybe it's grief. Whatever it is you're struggling with, we are here to lift each other up, and we do that together, together as a church family. Let us pray for you. Let us pray to God to help you, give you strength that you need to get back on your two feet. We are here for each other to do, for each other to do that. Or maybe this evening you're not a Christian. You're not a Christian, and you want to be a child of God. That's the most important decision you'll make your entire life, and it is the best decision you'll ever make your entire life. To be with the Father in heaven for eternity. Because if you're not baptized in him, you're not going to be with him for eternity. You need to make that decision. He wants you to come forward as we stand and sing. I heard no old story how Satan came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about.
Me again. Uh, <clears throat> as a reminder that uh, we have spare time tonight uh, from 8 to 11 in Ironton. Um, also, uh, uh, remember, continue to keep Rusty Leap in your prayers, Kristen Ward, Judy Gerald, and Terry Egner in your prayers as well. Um, and also all those who are su- suffering uh, from Kentucky disaster. Um, I'm sure you've seen pictures of that on TV, and it's, it's awful, but... Uh, um, I haven't heard any news yet on Rusty. Uh, he's still in ICU. And um, just remember to continue to, to, to pray for him and, and uh, that he gets better soon. Rusty's a fighter. Rusty is a fighter. And, and I know he's fighting right now for his life and fighting through this. But um, pray for him and the family. Um, that's all the announcements I have. If you, yes. Wednesday evening will be devotional only. No Bible class. Um, next two Wednesdays. Okay. Next two Wednesdays are strictly devotional. Uh, no Bible class uh, for next two Wednesdays. Any other announcements I may have missed? Okay. If you had not had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper. It has been prepared in a conference room. You may leave and do that now. We'll sing one more song and be dismissed in prayer. Our last song this evening, this afternoon, is number 786, Wonderful Grace of Jesus. After this, Andrew has our closing prayer. Okay. Wonderful Grace of Jesus. Now, I don't know that I've ever led this and not done the bass part, so if I accidentally drop down and do the bass, just keep going without me. (laughs) 786. Wonderful grace of Jesus, greater than all my
Yeah, pray with me, please. Dear Lord, you are holy and mighty and uh, greatest name of all names, Lord. I pray that you will continue to be with all those who need you, Lord. Pray that you'll be with those on the prayer list. Uh, be with Rusty Leap and his family and the wards with everything that they're going through, Lord. I pray that you'll give their families comfort and strength through this and help them through these times that they're going through. I ask that you'll be with those who are in Kentucky that were affected by the the tornadoes and the storms and everything, Lord. I, I ask that you'll give them uh, comfort and healing through this uh, this difficult time for them and everything. I pray that you will continue to bless us throughout the rest of our day today. Thank you for allowing us to come here today and worship you in your name, Lord. I thank you for everything you've given us, and thank you most of all for your son and the sacrifice that he gave for us. And I just call this your son's name. Amen.